Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Church Planting 101. <laughs> let's start out that way. You like that? Yes. Do you? That's great. So let's give a little caveat here to start out with. Church planting is probably one of the most exciting and fun things in ministry and life as a child of God that we have an opportunity to do, to be able to go out and reach another community, a, a demographic of people with the Lord laying it upon the hearts of the believers to go forth and to spread the gospel to a group that is that is overlooked that has been missed in some way shape or form and church planning I'd love to sit here and tell you it's like the easiest thing on on the face yeah I was going to say add some more adjectives you said said fun and exhilarating or something like that and it is all that yes but at the same time it's heartbreaking (laughs) It's painstaking. Yes. It uh, it will, it will, what's the best way to say? I just speak from my own personal experience. It will wad you up and feel like you've been thrown out. Yes. Uh, you go through a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. a lot of heartbreak, and you could sit here and you could say, well, Anthony, you, you sound, you're making it sound so appealing. <laughs> you know, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's all about the success. Mm. And how we measure success. And we kind of talked about this before we started the podcast. And I hope that in this podcast, as we dive in today, and we're going to start with the very basics today, and we're going to, we're going to keep this series going for a, for a few weeks at mm-hmm. least, uh, as we look into church planning and as we dive into this topic, I want you to see how success is measured. At the end of it all, mm-hmm. as we dive through this, it's the measure of success that you have to look at. I think that's one of the key takeaways from this. But there has to be a start in church planning. And I believe with all my heart that the Lord sparks a fire through the Holy Spirit to the unction of the Holy Spirit. And He comes and He will speak to us into our lives. And He will He will lead and guide and direct His people into what He would have His people to do. And He will start a fire, a birthing fire inside of them through the Holy Spirit that can drive forward that no man can extinguish that fire. I don't believe that the world gives us that fire. And I sure don't. Not. I know for a fact that the world can't take it away. Oh, yeah. That's only by the spirit of the lord but if you if 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 you're going to step out into church planning there's a few key things that you need to think of as you step out into such a journey and let's start with number one today let's start with the basics that was my intro man let's let's have your intro mine mine was mine was pretty pretty hard no that's great (laughs) anthony so thanks for opening it up i think that um Church planting is something an adventure you and I have been on for <laughs> yeah. going on five years yeah. now. Yeah, and and it's been it's been a journey, pun intended. That's the name. <laughs> that's intended. the name of our church yeah, plan, exactly actually. Right. Um, but then you know, I've been I've had the honor and pleasure to be involved in several church plants leading up to this one, and um, it is a part of my DNA. I enjoy 
the hard time. Uh, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy uh, the journey that uh, God takes you through. Some of the vulnerabilities that that are there. The um, the the almost um, it, it's a uh, it's it. it, it there's no words to describe uh, the emotional highs and lows that you go through. <laughs> no However, way. there's no words to describe when you lay down at night and having experienced the, what I call, not a good word for it, probably the raw gospel <laughs> being shared and, and, and eyes being opened yeah. and lives being changed. And so when you see Christ glorified in the community by which he was not previously glorified and in homes that he was not previously glorified in and lives growing to know him in a deeper, more intimate level, that gets me up in the morning and causes me to press on. So, yeah. Anthony, I... I Having been involved in, in several plants and uh, having read just about every book known to man uh, about the topic of church planting and, and speaking with planters, both successful and non-successful uh, through the years and trying to learn everything I can, there is one common theme that, 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 that comes up in every conversation and every, every, just about every book I've read and in my own experience. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to say, starting, starting with why stopping before you start is critical. And so it's tempting when you are going to be planting a new church and you have the vision and you have the passion to jump straight in. And how do I know this? Because it was my temptation four out of the five times. See journey, this last plant was when we, but we allowed God to articulate the why in our hearts before we ever sat down with a pen and paper to draw a logo. <laughs> yeah. Talk about church name before we ever look for a building. But the temptation for me in previous plants before Anthony, and I know others have shared this temptation is that, you know, the first thing you want to do is to try to find a building and find, a, get a logo figure out how your stage is going to be set up and all the fun stuff, right? I laugh because this is where I was at <laughs> yeah. when we started. Yeah. I didn't have, this was, so this is number five, five mm -hmm. yeah. for you. Well, this is number one for me. So, but I'm, I was like, I was like that when we started out, I was, oh, it was all about the exciting stuff. Man, let's get the logo. Let's talk about where we're going to be. And it was, and it's very true what you said. The first thing we did is we put all that to the side and we talked about the why. We did. Yeah. We sat down in the kitchen, yep. and we took white paper and we took our entire team, covered the walls covered of this house walls. up, <laughs> covered them up. And when we say team, it was. I think that's important to talk about as well. Is yeah. that there was a core group, yeah. and a core team that came together. Mm -hmm. That had the same vision that was birthed, that was burning inside of every yeah. single one that was there, from the oldest of us, my hands raised, to the youngest yep. of us, yep. which would have been Jaylee. Mm -hmm. My goodness! So it's a it's amazing how the Lord had birthed this vision, and we were everyone sitting there together, every yep. one of us, yep. and we sat there and we started doing these things. That's mm -hmm. that's so awesome. Yeah, and, and we didn't generate the why in a bubble and a vacuum, no, and, not at and all. it was it it really it, because it really allowed the church to to build around that nucleus right of yeah. the this why and so i challenge anybody that's considering planting a church 
stop before you start and get this right. Because when you get this right first, before you, before you call your graphic designer, before you design your website in your T-shirts, please pause, stop. And, and I know this sounds superficial. And, and you're, going to, you're going to learn in just a few minutes why it's not superficial, why it's truly biblical. And, and um, so start with why. Everybody says that in business, in life, start with why, why, why. And it, but here's the deal, guys. It is not superficial if you don't let it be. You have to be intentional about dialing back all the noise, and we're going to get there, to get down to the root. I'm talking the rudiment root cause of why, you, why in the world would you want to go plant a church? So there's really two key reasons uh, why it's critical here. There's more, but two keys. One is, is your why is going to become your true north, the heartbeat of your mission it's going to pump purpose and life into every, it will form it will inform every decision you make and every action you take it will literally inform those two things every decision every action will anchor on this why the next thing the why will do is it will get you through it will give you resilience when the excitement has faded and your fans have become your foes they this will get you through the why. If your why is not right, you will melt when the heat is on. I promise you, because I've done it before. So two, 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 two key individuals here. One is rather secular. The one is rather not secular. The one is Simon Sinek. He said, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Charles Spurgeon said, it is dangerous to think that we know our own hearts. We, we must ask God to reveal, we must ask God to reveal our motives so that we can repent and turn back to him. So first, first stanza of his statement says, it's dangerous to think that you know your own heart. You think you know your own heart, you're fooling yourself. You do not know your own heart. You must ask God to reveal to you your own heart. So I know you think you know. If you're listening here today on this podcast, I know we all think we know our hearts. You don't. I don't. We must lean on God to become a mirror to our soul. You know, I, <laughs> I always go back to the why. And if you start out with the why, and the why is so messed up, you know, that I mean, because what you're saying is exactly the truth. Whatever your why is, that's going to be a driving force. And that's what's going it, to, it's going to shape everything around it. If your why is not in the will of God, in the line of God, it, it's not going to be no good. You know, it's just going to, it's just going to falter. It's going to stumble. It's going to fall. So you have to know the why. Obviously, I pray that if you're stepping out into a church plant, the why is to reach the unreached, to go to the ones that maybe have been church heard in time past in some way, shape, or form, the ones that feel like God is so far from them, the drug addict, the abuser, whatever it may be. This, let's, just, let's, just, let's bring it down to the truth, to the sinner that needs salvation. 
Because at the, at, the, at the back of your mind, there's going to be a point that you're going to sit down on white paper and you're going to look or you may, whatever your, whatever your platform may be that you're sitting writing all this down, you're going to come to a point that says, that's going to say, there's X amount of churches in this area. What on earth can we bring to the table that somebody else is not already doing? What is our why? Who are we wanting to reach? Why are we wanting to do this? Now, with that being said, in the book of Acts chapter 5, and my mind goes back to this a lot when we do church plan. As the apostles, they had been brought to jail, they had been put in prison, as they came back out, and as the, as the religious leaders of the time gathered around, there was one named Gamaliel. Uh, very, very popular in the scripture. We know the Apostle Paul was brought up right at the feet of Gamaliel. And this was, I mean, the Apostle Paul, if anybody had room to boast, I mean, this is one of the things he could have boasted him. And I was raised at his feet. I did this. I was taught to the perfect letter of the law and knew all this. But when this all took place and all the Pharisees were gathered together, uh, I love what Acts chapter 5 says. I'm just going to read a few verses here just to talk about the why. And then th- the real point of this is, is if the why is right, then nothing can stop it. So I love this. If you look at these scriptures, then stood there up in the council a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves that ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to not. After this rose up Judas of Galilee in those days of taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. Gamaliel has knew that. If this was of men, that it was gonna, it would fall. If your why is based upon yourself or your selfishness or something else about you, it will fall. Now, let's go a little bit further. Verse 39. But if it be of God, mm. ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. <clears throat> if your why is of God, <laughs> Hang on for the ride. Hang on. Hang on for the ride. Yes. If it's of men, if your why is based upon you, I want to build a church that's bigger than such and such is. I want to have a ministry based upon this because this is what I like. This is who I am. I want my platform. I want my singing. I want my. Notice the key word in there is I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. Honey, it ain't going to be about you. Right. If your why is about you, you are already on the wrong foot. Your why has to be about God mm-hmm. and what God has for the community. Every single church every church plant every and when i say church please understand i'm talking about the body of christ but i'm not talking about four walls every single church plant that is that is in a community brings a unique aspect we all don't minister the same there's no two ministers that are alike god it pleased god through the foolishness of preaching and this is it blows my mind you will reach someone that somebody else hasn't reached 
And so, hey, not everybody's going to like the way you minister. That's okay. That's all right. God made us all unique. I'm not supposed to minister like somebody else or somebody else or this or that. But the ministry that God has given, that he has birthed, the ministry of Jesus Christ out through the community, it's unique to what God can bring into a community. So know your why. Know the why. Don't get off on some tangent about yourself and wanting to do this or build a church that's bigger than somebody else's church. Who cares? Right. I don't care about your building. We should care about the body of Christ. I'm sorry. No, don't don't apologize. <laughs> that kind of yeah, went off yeah, there. Stop apologizing, sir. Yeah. <laughs> No, the heat of the battle will melt a misaligned motive. I think every so. Time. Absolutely. When the shiny wears off and reality sets in and the devil shows up, a misaligned motive will melt away. And now, it will. You know, and according to the North American Mission Board, the most recent their most recent survey of their their church, you know, the church planting in the in the US at least, thirty two percent of plants will fail. There's many reasons why. 32% will fail. That That's actually encouraging to me because that says, what is that, 68% don't fail. That's pretty good. That's pretty I would, good. I would say that's great. I would have I would expected differently. So really as we read and, and research um, and have sought, searched our own hearts as well, there's seven, really seven common, and there's more, misaligned motives. Number one, to grow a big church with lots of people. <laughs> I want that one church, that big one. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and That's a it's, it's really, motive. it's it, it's egotistical. Yeah. It's, you know, you you attach this, we're here to save souls to it. Yeah. And and every, every, every number, every number is a person, is a soul. That's all true. Yeah. But put your ego to rest for a minute and say, are, are you... Because Jesus didn't die on the cross. I'm not going to bounce on this trampoline for very long, but I am going to take a couple bounces on it. Here we go. Hmm. Jesus did not die on a cross so that we could have big churches. Amen. He died on the cross so that our souls could be redeemed, purchased, bought with a price. But then discipleship is critical. So attendance and discipleship are totally different. Attendance is an inkling, an idea, maybe the scratch and sniff of the surface of what discipleship might look like. But there's, I dare say that discipleship is a whole lot more dirty, involved, and intrusive than attendance. So yeah. a big church doesn't mean you're making disciples. Mm-hmm. No, you may be, and that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And I hope you are. Amen. But if let discipleship be your motive and not the size. Yeah. <clears throat> And then size happens, right? So the next one uh, is I need a platform to feel heard and respected. <laughs> well, the last church ticked me off, and the pastor's a jerk, and the <laughs> church is mean, and they, they don't do things right, and blah, 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 blah. That's the reason why. Okay. And I promise you, if that's the reason why, they're not going to come out and say it and say, the real reason why I'm planting this church is I'm ticked off at my former pastor. They're never going to say that. They're going to fancy it up with, you know, you're going to fancy it up with all sorts of decorations and all this, you know, cute phrases and mission statements. But if behind the mission statement and the T-shirt and the bumper sticker and the logo and the stage setting, if you're just ticked off at your old pastor, probably not going to be that great. Okay, the next one is the personal preferences in style. Well, I prefer this style of music and none of the churches play this style of music. If you're building a church 
on a style of music as a foundation, it will crumble the next genre that comes out. (laughs) It is Christ is the foundation. So, you know, the next one is past hurts, hurts. We are notorious as believers for hanging on to hurt. We hang on to hurt so long, we just pet it. We just put it in our pocket and carry it around, take it out, sniff it, and show it to everybody else. That's what we do with hurt. True. That's what we do. We're like the dung beetle. Paul said, I count my past as dung. In other words, to be thrown out. You know, y'all know what dung is if you don't Google it. So so there's, a, there's this beetle. We actually saw one on our sidewalk recently. One of our dogs left some bathroom on the sidewalk. <laughs> And we have a video now of a, a beetle that's rolling the turd down the sidewalk. <laughs> it's taking it home with it. like, And that's what we do. We just roll around in it and then t- take it around. So look at my hurt. Look at my hurt. And everybody smells your hurt, I promise. Except for you because you're, you're, uh, you're, you're nose blind to it. You went you, nose blind. You, you've, been smelling it. you've been smelling it too long. Yep. So if you're doing it because church hurt, wrong reason. The love for adventure. There's some people that just love climbing mountains, jumping out of airplanes, and they just love this. If you're playing the church because you love adventure, just jump out of an airplane because it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. A lot less stressful. Yep. Because it looks trendy and fun. Yeehaw. For just a minute. <laughs> sure. For just a minute, it's fun. Yeah. It's always fun. But, yeah. but, but you know, your, your, your logo lasts for just a few minutes, and you get to feel good about it, and then I promise you the hard stuff starts. So, um. Uh, you know, there's 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 a few things church planting has no room for. Yep. Pride, no ego, no arrogance, no, and a know-it-all mentality. You got to check that stuff at the door, man. So so there must be prerequisite pillars if you're going to find your why. There's four critical things that you must attach onto and ask God to help you with. You got to be humble, not the word humble, the action humble. You got to have passion. And you got to be transparently vulnerable, okay? And you got to hunger to see God's being revealed in His kingdom. So, this, this last this last section we'll cover um, here end is is really the what what we've called the the because a church plant the word plant you, you can go into the New Testament and you can see Paul writing and he says I planted Apollos watered and. God, gave, God the gave the increase. So church planting started, I mean, this 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 analogy of church planting started all the way back in the first century. It's not something we came up with in this modern day to be cute. It's literally started then. So if you don't scarif- scarify a seed before you plant it, if a seed's not been scarified, it doesn't bear fruit. So the seed must be scarified. Um, so what we have to do is basically allow the Holy Spirit to scarify us. Scarify, that's, a seed is, 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 is compromised. A seed has to be scratched or, or, or drenched or somehow crushed before it can ever, a seed must die. And so before you go into this planting process, the seed of your why has to die. And you've got to include all the dirty laundry and put it on the table all the skeletons of the past and put it on the table and it's going to get uncomfortable because you're going to have to get vulnerable and you're going to have to come clean with who you really, really are. Nobody likes doing that. Though. This ain't comfortable. No, not I like at all. the cliches. Yeah. I like the bumper sticker quotes I oh, can get know. from Craig Groeschel online. That's <laughs> what I like. But, yeah. but really before you start this journey, you got to die. Yeah. So, 
Step one. Yeah. Prayer. <laughs> prayer. A prayer of surrender to ask God to reveal your heart. Oh, Lord, that you would know my heart, that you would try me, that you'd know my thoughts. Search me, oh, God. Man, it's got to be saturated in prayer. Brother, it has to be saturated in prayer. Uh, and you know what? And this is, this is advice for every day of your life. The decisions in your life, decisions that you make, big decisions, whatever it may be, small decisions, it should be saturated in prayer. I love the story that you told told me last night as we were sitting around a campfire. Uh, you was talking about the the CEO, the Intel CEO, as he he said, I can tell you this: the things that I do, everything I do, has first of all been saturated in prayer. It's been saturated in prayer. And I may be wrong. Was it, it was the Intel guy? Right? Intel CEO. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, saturated in prayer, and it. Yeah. If you're going to have a church plant, honey, the first thing you better do is you better saturate that in prayer. Oh, yeah. You better pour that out to God. You better pour it out. And then the, another good quote, Spurgeon, it is dangerous to think that we know our own hearts. I know what my heart is. I know what's inside of me. I'm deceitfully evil. <laughs> I mean, I am no good. There's no good in me whatsoever except that which is there of the Lord. Dying to self and letting him be the one that controls it all. Lord, that you would give me a heart of flesh, that you would write thy word upon my heart. Father, let your word come in because your word is a hammer that breaks aside the stony heart and gives me a heart of flesh. Now, Father, write thy word upon my heart that I may not sin against thee. Lord, let the hammer come in and break up the stony heart inside of me, Father. Give me that heart of flesh. Let it be saturated in prayer, Father. Lead God, direct me, Father. Lord, let it all be in and through by you. Search me, God. Search me. Try my heart. Try me. So show me who I really, really am. Yes. Not who I think I am. Right. And not who people think I am. Yep. Show me. Before you start, let God tell you who you really, really are. Oh, yeah. And so so that's that's vulnerable, guys. That is very vulnerable. And open your ears when you pray this prayer. Be vulnerable. Be open. And then open your ears. Stop. Stop talking. Stop talking to God. Ugh. Get a pen and paper, and then allow God to start talking to you. Whew. And then, so that's be step two. So this is where we get pen and paper, and we start listening. Yeah. Okay, and then when you do this exercise, guys, you may you're gonna you're gonna go down into every closet and drawer of your life, and you're gonna lay it all on the table. So step two is to create a list of all the church hurts the hurts and wounds that you can remember as many as you can remember going back as far as you can go to even your childhood. The next thing of this step is to write down a list of things you struggle with and temptation and the things that you're insecure about. If you, this is a big, this is a big step for a lot of people. We don't think about this stuff much, No, but, you have to identify it. You have to call it out and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you because there's some things you may not even be thinking about right now yep. that, that you're insecure about, right? Yeah. So then that's step that's step two. So what's what's step three? That's that's two lists. You've already got two lists. You got two lists. You prayed. You sought God. <laughs> You've opened yep. your heart. You listened to yep. God. You wrote down really vulnerable things about who you are to in two lists. Things your hurts and then your your hang ups. Let's so talk about the things to be excited about now. 
What are we going to be excited about? Step three. What, oh, are you, what are you writing down now? The excitation, the excited stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, let's get in there. Let's create a list of things that we're excited to do in the church plant. What God's birthed inside of our spirit, inside of our heart. This prayer that we've saturated, we've laid it on the table. Lord, what are we excited about? What you birthed inside of us. Lord, what are we excited to do? So the next step is, hey, list the tasks, the things that you're excited about, the things you're excited to do in the church plant. Create this list of things that you're excited to do in the plant and then look at the list and list the tasks that make you excited you as a you as this planter that's going to go out for the glory of god things that are going to make you excited and here's what's fun about that is the team that you're with are going to be able to dive in on this as well yep. and then you're going to look and see how all these attributes are going to add up into the kingdom Boom. and they're all going to come together and how beautiful it's going to be some things that you may not be excited about because that was a vulnerability guess what god has probably done inside the team is he's grave somebody else that's going to be excited about this and they're going to come in behind you and with you and you're going to go hand in hand with it and they're going to be excited about this and what are we building we're building an unstoppable team mm. for the glory of god mm. i love that you brought the team into this it's that's because it, it has to be yeah it has to be so then you're taking all three lists at four take all three lists and then you take the three lists and you take them back to god yeah. Right. So you're going into another season of prayer. Yep. And you got your pen with you. Yep. And then and then what you do is you begin to pray. And you pray you can pray with permission. You can pray with your eyes open. Yep. As you're <laughs> with your pen in your hand. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking at your oh, paper here. Lord. Okay. <laughs> and then begin to strike through things that are not a part of your central motivation. Yep. One by one. Starting with the least least central. And start what you're doing here is you're going to start striking through these things one by one. And what you're doing is you're mentally and spiritually putting to rest and asking God to heal that before you mark it off. Ask God to heal it. You're giving it to God right there. Your insecurity, your pain, your hurt, your past, your you're still ticked off at three pastors ago because they met they, they didn't like the worship music you liked. It's time to let it go. <laughs> Gotta let that jump. Okay. Go. And so you're marking them off one by one by one by one. And then finally you're gonna get down to three things. Right? Those three things. And if you mark something off, you're you're gonna get down to some things that you're marking good things off. Don't don't think that's bad. You're not marking them off saying they're not important. You're marking them off saying that's not the central thing. That's yeah. not my why. Yeah. And then you're going to get down to three-ish things. Yeah. And you then you can take those three things, and that's going to be your why. Yeah. That's going to be your why. Mm-hmm. And then, now, now here, here's the thing. You can take that, those three things and, and create a why statement that you can repeat. When you're sharing your vision, your heart, your why with people, you can say that, that, that sentence, that statement. And your people can say that statement. And your team can say that statement together because everybody's centralized around that why. Now, one thing I want to make a note of <laughs> is you're doing this exercise on the why. It doesn't mean you're a bad human, a bad preacher, if you've got mixed motives. you still got a good motive underneath there. you just got to deal with the other part. Yep. You've got to deal with the stuff that's mixed because as you prefer, pre- prepare to go forward, you you want to be able to be sure and steadfast on your why. So you're not a bad person. You just need to restart. You just need to go back to prayer again and ask God to start healing some of those things. And then don't go forward with a mixed motive. Yeah. Stop. Just pause. It's okay to wait a few more months. 
It's okay to, to wait until your heart is ready and healed and ready to go before you get your why right. Because I promise when your why is right, you're going to have access to kingdom resources. And heaven's, heaven's going to be at your call to accomplish his work because your motive is going to be right. You know, I would add this in there as well as you talked about the chief motivators, these two or three things. And this goes back to the ultimate why. As we've marked all the stuff out of the way, all our insecurities, all our vulnerabilities, as we've marked all these things off. And this is tough. This is tough, guys. I mean, because this gets this is getting real. Oh, yeah. But you're getting ready to do something that's really real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, it's really getting ready real. to get real. It's getting ready to get really, really real. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love this is to bring your flesh under subjection to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the flesh is going to have to die in all this. Because I, I want to emphasize this. And this is an American gospel issue that has to be spit out, chewed up and spit out of our mouth right off the bat. This is not about your ministry or the fervent of yourself or your brand. This is not about branding you. You do not sit down and say this is XYZ ministry. This is not Anthony Waters ministry. This is not Jamie Couch ministry. Honey, this is the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. If at any point in all this you are putting your name into this is my ministry, you have to die to the flesh. Because you're letting flesh take control. Mm -hmm. It is not about your ministry. It is the ministry of Jesus Christ. Your ultimate why is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not your opinion, not your thought. It is about the gospel. Your opinion, your thought does not save souls. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. Amen. So you must die to self. Have to die to self, must man. To self. You got and, to. And, and the thing is, that's a that's a daily task. Every moment. Because there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be moments, and we're going to cover some things in in this series, this podcast series here. We're going to cover some things to help with that. But you're going, you're going to day by day, week by week, service by service, because your flesh will rise up. Yep. And and it's a continual. A picking up of the cross daily yep. to saying, I die daily to the flesh. And that's just every believer, not just a church planter. But, you know, when you're in a church planting situation, guys, it's it's more and more um, um, uh, important that we that we filter our decisions and thought processes and, and steps forward through that filter of God, is this my flesh or is this your Holy Spirit leading me? So this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have yep. to put it all on the table, and you're going to have to relive some hurts. But now, before you go forward, you got to heal what's in the past, and let's the, move forward. There's one thing that you said before we end today's session that I really liked, and uh, this is even in, in, in your notes, uh, is number one, you go through this whole, everything we've talked about, you do this first. You, you do this first. Yes. Sit down and do this with yourself. And then you sit down with your team and you do this with the team. And then bring it all together. Bring it all together. Yep. Let's get it all out. Let's get it every bit out. Every every ugly detail. <laughs> Let's get it all out. And I would love to tell you that it's all rainbow, sunshine, and unicorns. It is not. No. 
And there's going to be times that you're going to have to swallow your pride, especially in these team meetings. When you're when your group is together and you're with your team, you're going to have to be vulnerable with the team. And you've got to be honest with them. Man, I, I've lived this. Man, there was a lot of insecurities, a lot of uncomfortable things that you're going through. But you need to let that you need to let that be known because I mean you're a team mm-hmm. you're working together yeah. and like I said earlier I guarantee you that in this team that God has brought together for the fervorment of His gospel mm-hmm. where you're weak there's going to be somebody else that's strong and together you all are going to come together and it's going to be an absolutely beautiful painting that the Lord has mm-hmm. constructed that's been saturated in prayer that you've got the vulnerabilities out that you've got all these insecurities out about. But then God's going to bring it together, and He's going to build a team that is a hundred percent on board. That's a hundred percent in alignment with what His will is, mm-hmm. and then you're going to move forward yeah. for the glory of God. And when the going gets tough, and the heat's on, yep. and the enemy comes in like a flood, yep, your why is going to take you forward and give you resilience and fortitude that you could never ever produce with logos and stages. Amen. You can never produce with any style of music or genre. You can never produce with a fancy sermon or a nice T-shirt. This why is going to drive you into the darkest places, into the dungeons of pure hell in your communities. And you're going to shine light in darkness. And when you get depressed, this why is going to drive you through. When you feel like quitting and laying down and you feel like you're so frustrated and you're, you're just ticked off, this why is going to get you through. Your why. That's why you got to get it right. Because when the going gets tough, you're going to need to keep pressing on. Paul, when Paul was in prison, he sang songs. You know why? Because his why was right. <laughs> yeah. He was beat half to death, missing yeah. teeth probably, and everything else, flesh yeah. hanging off his back. Why was, why was he able to say, I rejoice yeah. in mine infirmities? And then why was the early church able to sing and say and say to them, we thank God that we were counted worthy (laughs) to have suffered with Jesus. Mm. Why did they? That was a terrible day at church. They were beat to death, and and some of them stoned, and some of them even even lost their lives. And they said, this is great. Yeah. That's so it's so. This is a great day. Oh, my God. This is the church that we, it's a strange church to us in modern-day America. But it wasn't so strange to the first century church. So it's a mindset shift. Start with why. Thank you so much for listening in. And there's going to be some other other parts of this series as we go. And, and we're going to cover the some blueprints or 101s of church planting. Some from our failures and some from really great books we've read and some from really smart people we've talked to. But we're bringing it all together to share with you. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.